Hello, hello. Hello. I'm Jessica um, I'm Benoist a- Young. <laughs> Never going to happen. <laughs> Never. I'm Melanie Reef. <laughs> and I'm Jessica Benoist Young. And this is Best Line. Worst Line. We got that part at least. <laughs> But that's, then we messed up our name. We've never messed up our names before. We're just we're just going to mess it up in a different way every week. And I think that's just going to have to be our thing. And we're not even and, trying, know, everyone. Just so you know, we just are not good at this part. <laughs> uh, where we watch movies, TVs, speeches, skits, and more. And choose and discuss our best and worst lines from each for weeks. You've heard me say, someday we'll do something other than movies. <laughs> Mostly we do movies. Well, this is it. No movies. This is the week. No, no movies. movies. All TV. All TV. All TV. Some um, of it that doesn't need to exist. That's what I'm going to say I right mean, now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I would say... I would say, did we need, did we need it? Probably not. Um, so this week we are talking about a Sex in the City pilot, uh, the And Just Like That pilot, and then because there was a comparison between the ages of the Sex in the City women on And Just Like That and the Golden Girls, we did an episode of the Golden Girls, which really, I mean, I could throw in an episode of the Golden Girls every week and be perfectly happy. Yeah, we could, we, we could just do that. We could just you know, do that. that could be another podcast. It's just like I'm sure we watch something, and then we find an episode of the Golden Girls <laughs> that like just pairs well with it. Like pairs well with it. Good wine. I will wine. say, <laughs> of these three episodes, I thought one of them was a triumph in television, and I have no notes. My guess is that was Golden Girls. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, it so, was okay, not I the other two. Let, I know. We're, both of us are obviously huge Golden Girls fans. Um, I think I, I mean, I've really leaned into that as my brand. At the start of the pandemic, I, uh, you know, not knowing what it was going to be, my mom and I, like, went to Barnes and Noble the, like the day before everything closed. We knew that I had an extra week off school and my mom was like, let's just like go find a puzzle or something. See like, you know, let's find something to do. And so we walked into Barnes and Noble and the first thing I see is a golden girls cross stitch pattern book. And I was like, say no more. This mm-hmm. is it. This is, the, this is what mm-hmm. I'm getting. I have never been a crafter. I have never been like hand, like, never been patient enough for knitting or anything like that and yet the golden girls was just like i mean saying i was i was convinced and i really ended up loving cross stitch um jessica you were the beneficiary of one of my works Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i love it Um, and i think of it all the time um especially when i get into conversations like my 13 year old son is always very interested in like my family's heritage and our like culture and stuff. And my dad has a lot of like, he has first generation Italian in his family. 
And so we talk about Italian culture a lot and, and how that was part of like his upbringing and stuff. And every time I start telling stories about like my great grandpa who moved here from Italy, I'm always like, picture it, Sicily. And I think of the cross stitch you gave me. Oh, I didn't mean, I didn't know that. That's just like what's happened. I was just like, I think, I mean, I think Jessica would appreciate Sophia Petrillo. So that was the thought. That- I, I do a lot. <laughs> I I don't want it to sound as we go into this that I'm not a Sex in the City fan. I watched, I've seen all of Sex in the City like two and a half times through. That was going to be my next question was because like in high school, I loved Sex in the City. I don't really remember when I started watching it. I think I watched it like in reruns a bunch maybe around that time, like when I was in college. Mm -hmm. I don't really remember when it ended, but I feel like I got somehow caught up through like probably at the time Netflix DVDs in the mail and like a, and some sort of like HBO on demand through whatever cable I had at the time. So I think I got caught up before like the last six episodes or something like that because I remember watching the series finale live. I think I did too. I know I got really into it. My friend Emma and I in high school like were got really, really into Sex in the City when we were probably probably sophomores or juniors in high school and like we would sit in her basement and like watch Sex in the mm-hmm. City and like we all had I was we all had our characters, mm-hmm. you know, like like you did. Like which Sex in the City girl were you? And I was very much the Charlotte. Like, mm-hmm. I was so the Charlotte of the group. And it's so fascinating to, like, look. I'll get into that as we get into the episode. But, like, I was so Charlotte. Very, very much so. Um, partially just because I, like, have dark hair and, like, you know. But very much, like, the... Very much that character in a lot of... Like, not that character, but, like, that's who I saw myself in. Right, right, right. And, like, Emma got me, I think, like... For either, like, my 18th birthday or, like, graduation or something, I think Emma got me, like, the the pink book. So I have okay. the whole series. Mm-hmm. And, like, we went to go see the movie when it came out. Yeah, and I, I saw, think we the saw the first it, like, movie in the theaters. We went to the Landmark Theater in, De- in Greenwood Village, which, like, at that time was one of the few places that served alcohol. I mean, we were underage, mm-hmm. so we weren't drinking, but it was, like, maybe, like, noon, one o'clock in the afternoon, and there were women with their Cosmos yeah. just, like... <laughs> there and it was it was an event it was an event to see that first movie and then I never saw the second one I did not see the second one either and but it's one of those things uh and then I I did rewatch it like once it was available on streaming Mm -hmm. I don't remember that much of it I remember like big chunks of storyline I obviously remembered all the characters who showed up in and just like that like I remember the characters and I remember a lot of like the big storylines, but I don't remember the big storylines, story the, the major storylines, <laughs> the the oh, large plot arcs. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I do remember the big storyline. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. What I did not remember was this pilot at all. I no, did not I remember, don't... and they. It, so correct me if I'm wrong here. They like overhauled this show quite a bit from the pilot and then moving forward like you can tell that that they got feedback and they tweaked it a lot they did all of the like chiron mm-hmm. stuff was gone yep. 
they really got rid of like the talking head. She never breaks the fourth wall. She they, does a little. I mean, I guess she does a little bit. I think bit. they switched more to just her narrating. Voiceover. Yeah, voiceover. Yeah, that's true. Instead of uh, she more did like her so her much column. like direct to camera in that first episode and I was like this is uncomfortable don't talk to me Carrie just live your life (laughs) like (laughs) well and and you're right it became less narration of what was happening and more like she was writing the column and it was short it was a half hour it was only 27 minutes yeah you're right so they fit it into a half hour slot Uh but then they went to an hour and and I could feel it too because they were and, and this is like a hard this is like a hard thing to balance in a in a pilot like that anyways but they were just like dumping characters on me just like right and left and I'm just like oh my god am I supposed to remember all these people and then I was like why does this feel so rushed because it never feels that way in the rest of the series when we meet new people like I'm just having characters dumped on me and I'm like well it is the pilot so we have to get a lot of characters dumped on us but then at the same time then like around that time when they were all sitting at that restaurant for her birthday eating dinner I looked and and I was like this is only a 27 minute long with credits probably only 25 minute long episode and I was like well that's why this feels like they're just bombarding me with stuff What's so interesting is, like, looking back, I mean, with the lens now of, like, thinking, oh, why are you breaking the fourth wall? Why are there talking heads? Why are there chirons with telling me who this person is? I mean, this was pre-The Office. This was pre-Parks and Rec. Mm -hmm. And so it's so interesting to think about, like, yeah, okay, maybe this was originally intended to be that half-hour Right. Half hour talking head. I mean, they didn't, it wasn't really talking heads as much. Not the same Correct. kind of setup. Right. Mo- not the like mockumentary type of thing. But it's so interesting now, post office, post Parks and Rec. What to would think that, that that's show become such a con- yeah. have looked like if they would have stuck with that format? Yeah. You know, and what tends to happen with those comedies is that they get goofier as time goes on. And I think Sex in the City got way more serious the longer it went on it did but then it didn't like it got i mean it did but then you throw the movies in and you're like the movies the first no. movie was serious but the i but like, just remember watching the last couple episodes being like oh my god <laughs> this is yeah way more intense than you would expect there are certain like from watching the series there are certain lines i remember and stick out i mean as i said i think like when i first watched it i very much identified with charlotte and that is sincerely not true about me now (laughs) like I don't think I don't think I really identify with any of the characters maybe the closest would be Miranda maybe I I have very vague identifications with Carrie just because she's a writer she's a writer I was gonna say maybe and she's sarcastic (laughs) like right but no I I never felt like oh I'm one of these people even when I was watching it the the thing that I think I could be more I think I could relate more to Carrie, but the fashion thing, I, ne- I never got, never got into it. Oh. Like, I've never See, been into I... that. And, I, and so she would, you know, there would be like entire episodes that were about and they a were pair a of dream. shoes. I loved or them. Or a dress, you know, a designer dress or whatever. And I would just be like, no, I don't, I don't get it. But there were three other characters who had stuff going on too so I'm like well I'll just keep watching (laughs) I mean I guess maybe I guess maybe like I would 
maybe I would say Carrie now, and that, because I was going to say Miranda, kind of, in, like, the original series, but and in Just Like That, especially the way, like, her character develops and has, like, clearly some, like, clearly develops with a, a drinking problem, and, right. like, just the way that she handles some other things, it's like, oh, no, I don't really closely identify with that character either, which is, like, a good thing. I really don't feel like I should identify with any of the characters because they're so archetypal. I really thought they went quite a bit more aggressive with the gender stereotyping in the pilot than I remember them being in the rest. Like, I clearly remember that the whole show was very much about men and women and sex, you know? Uh Uh-huh. But I just felt like it was, again, where they were dumping characters on me. It was like they were throwing it in my face, like every sex and dating and relationship, man and woman, heterosexual stereotype, just like that was the whole point of the episode. And so Uh looking back, it was kind of like, God, is this how we were? And I mean, still are and in some way, but like. It was it was just unentertaining. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I was like I this felt- has been done a thousand times and I don't e- even before this pilot came along. I think they found a better more subtle way to handle it as it went on, but it felt very like I'd say it felt kind of cliched. Cliché? Yes. And it's so cliché that I was like not getting just like not really getting anything from that pilot at all and I had totally forgot about it I think I just blocked it out yeah it was really really cliched very very much leaning into stereotypes about men and women and I do think it softens a little bit as the series goes on yeah I was just looking up when it came out it came out in 1998 and I remember like I mean I remember some of my mom's friends talking about this show and like you know how it was like appointment tv for them and how much they loved it and it was just like so because it was so like liberating and so groundbreaking when it came out and because it was just like these four women just talking about sex mm-hmm. and it was just so groundbreaking yeah it was such a big deal and that was kind of one of the things that I was thinking too when I was watching it I was like how was this such a big deal like this wasn't it seems so basic now like that pilot especially and so maybe it picked yeah. up well, I remember the pilot being a big deal but I I just can't imagine it you know, it's hard for me. I can think of other episodes for sure where I'm like, yes, that was huge when it happened. Mm-hmm. I remember the Charlotte converting to Judaism storyline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of stuff I remember. And I remember thinking like, yeah, that was like a big deal because we didn't really have a lot of hour long character driven female mm-hmm. perspective stories going on at that time. And they weren't tackling these subjects that were important to middle-aged women at all. Yeah. But it was hard for me to to look at that pilot and think there was anything, like, groundbreaking about that pilot. Maybe there was, and I just see, th- see things through a different lens now where I'm like, oh, that's... It actually, at this point, seems like very regressive (laughs) from where we are so that's good well and that's like one of the hard things too and you mentioned this about doing a pilot is it probably they retooled the show right and so like that's i mean had we chosen to do the golden girls pilot which i like 
specifically didn't mm-hmm. do because there's a whole character that doesn't exist in the rest of the series. And so pilots are challenging, right. especially for a comedy, because they do get retooled mm-hmm. so much. It's hard to look at a pilot as representative of a series, even though that's what it's supposed to be. Absolutely. But like, I mean, look at the Parks and Rec entire first season. And I was terrible. just going to say that. I just started rewatching it. And I skip we, we've one. been always talking about it. We've been talking about, it. well, my son hasn't seen or he's seen like bits and pieces, but he's never watched it all the way through. And he's very much like a completionist, like we're going to watch it all the way through. And so we decided to watch it all the way through. And my husband was like, I don't think I can keep watching this show. I don't remember it being like this at all. I was like, it's because the first season is terrible. <laughs> it gets way better. <laughs> like, I, I think like I am normally a completionist too. I get it with Parks and Rec, skip mm-hmm. season one. Anyway, on Back to, to the City. shows that we're actually so, doing that we this actually week. talked about. Okay, so did you, like, I did find some best lines. I had a lot of worst lines. Yeah, I had just, I stopped writing down everything that I thought was cringy. I mean, that's the thing, too, is like, I was going to say, I tried to actually not write down what I thought was cringy because I know I'm looking at it in a yeah. context of 2022, right? where we've moved so far past it. So I was like, okay, is this cringy because it's 2022? And I also, like, some things are going to be cringy because that's the character. And so I was like, if it's cringy mm-hmm. and it's the character, I yeah. didn't write it down either. The ones that I wrote down were like, I just don't think they were good, well-written or whatever. Yeah, it was really hard for me in that one, like... I just had to pick one and just be like, this is the thing I really, really disliked the most. But there was a lot of stuff. And it same thing with and just like that, where I was just like, every other line was kind of falling flat for me. And I was like, well, I can't write all of this down. Like, it just... It, I think in some ways it's easier to be like, that's just bad. Because mm-hmm. like I'm not looking at it in the lens of like, is it 2022 or is this not good? But for Sex and the City... I think it was just, like, there were definitely things I just, like, did not. Like, what was your... So what was your worst line? What did you... Or what were some well, of your Well, first of all, I was just very line? upset that the men were talking to me. <laughs> I'm just gonna get that right out of the way. I totally... Like I said, I have apparently blocked this pilot from my memory of the show as a whole for good reason, I guess. And so... It starts off pretty pretty typically with Carrie starting her column and narrating and stuff. And then all of a sudden we shoot to like some guys that she knows that I'm supposed to assume she had interviewed, right? And that this, so the -hmm. exchange, them talking directly at me, breaking the fourth wall, talking head, is like supposed to be the transcript of her interviewing them yeah so that she could get some more perspective for her column I didn't like it and I'm glad that that did not persist because they were obnoxious and I don't watch that show for what the men are thinking (laughs) I mean (laughs) I do think that's the point of having the men do that is because they are obnoxious and I think I think it is supposed to elicit that reaction yeah no I hate it no neither did I but I think that's I think that's intentional Yes. Oh, it was intentional. I didn't want to sit through it. I didn't like, mm-mm, no. I don't. So anyway, they're like talking about the difference between women in their 30s and women in their 20s and like marriage material and not marriage material and 
blah, blah, blah. It was awful. And then one of the last things that the main gross guy says, and I think this is the one that Charlotte ends up going out on a date with in the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. He says, why don't these women just marry a fat guy? And I was like, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to be watching this. I don't know. I just, I think I don't really have to elaborate on that. It was just bad. It was just a bad line. It was inappropriate. It was obnoxious. I hated it. Yeah. That's, and I hated everything that they were saying. And I get that, like, right, this, we're supposed to see that this is the dynamic that we're dealing with because they're all in their 30s and blah, blah, blah. I get that. But, like, that didn't even seem to have... It, it was just... It was too much. It was so beyond offensive and reductionist. I was just like, oh, God. 1990s television. Yay! <laughs> I could. I would just say, like, everything that guy said. I, I was going to say, I had some of his... I had some of his lines as contenders for worst line too. Like when at the end, when he was like, look, I get where you're coming from. I just really need to have sex tonight. And like, but the thing is like, I can't choose that as worst line because it bothered me, but there are men out like that. Like, I feel like that's why I didn't choose any of his lines. Would they get in the same cab? Like that was a little over the top. Yeah. He's rich. Okay. He could have, or it was his driver. It wasn't a cab. It was his driver. He could have gotten a cab or waited for his driver to come back. Like, it was a bit uh, forced and over-the-top and cheesy that he got in the car with her and told that to her face. Okay. that, yeah, that plot point where he just, like, had to go, like, she, that he ended up going to the same club and then hooking up with Samantha. Right. Like, that, that, that I will say was forced. I mean, I think what a lot of the reason, maybe this is the reason why a lot of the lines that the men said, I'm like, yeah, that's obnoxious, but, like, I can't get mad at the line, is because I am a single woman dating, and now yeah and like it is it's not like they're not like that <laughs> like I have had people and like hi my mom listens to this podcast <laughs> but like I messaged somebody on Bumble once and like I started with like hey what's your favorite thing to do on a Sunday morning and his response was beat my meat and watch football and I was like uh <laughs> like I hope you're talking okay. about thinning some chicken breasts for the grill. <laughs> well, no, and then and then he followed it up with like it's necessary if you're as well endowed as I am, you have to break the morning wood somehow. So like this is why I'm not mad at those lines because like it's not oh, no, wrong. They're out like, there. All of the lines, uh-huh. they're out there. And like I mean, it is like I've had somebody else just like very, very, very forwardly be like where should I put my dick when we meet? I'm like, I just mess like, 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 and, where and is it like, now? Just leave it there. I like, you don't I even mean, have to bring like, it. Hey, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like all I said to this guy was like, hi. And he was like, you're hot. Where do you want my dick? And I'm like, um, that's like, not really the, not really the start that I wanted. Like, it's like, this is, this is what it's like out there. No, you're no, you're totally right. Yeah, and so that's the that was the interesting thing about the show is like so even though I feel like there are aspects of it as we're talking about now I'm like even though there are aspects of it of the pilot like as a show like I feel dated and a little regressive I'm mm-hmm. like but it's also it's also not not wrong right so the, right, right there's that aspect too and I think like you know we spent so much time being like oh this feels so weird to watch but it's also like 
It's also not wrong. True, true. My worst line was none of those because I was like, no, I have context for this. Um, my worst line was a carry line. And it has a setup because it doesn't work without the setup. Um, so Samantha says, look, you're a successful saleswoman in the city. You have two choices. You can bang your head against the wall and try to find a relationship or you can say screw him and go have sex like a man. No problem with that line. What I had a problem mm-hmm. with was Carrie's response. You mean with dildos, which is just so yeah, I dumb. It's like, like it's like I mean, like, like she's because she's perceived like Carrie is a smart woman. Yeah, like her response, like she's perceiving it as like with a strap on, like go right. have sex, and like that's like it's just the stupidest. It like, took me forever I would that from to figure I would out what she meant. That from I was Charlotte. like, what? What is yeah. she talking about? It, like, I sat there for, like, ten seconds after she said it, and I was like, oh, she means, like, go be the penis. Where do where do I put yeah. my dick? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> where do you want me to put my dick? Where do you want me to put my dick? Um, I brought this dildo, and I'm in the band tonight. Where do you want this? Exactly. That's, yeah, it took me a while, and I was, I probably missed the next couple lines, because I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> And so I thought it was just a terrible line because it just like Carrie's not that dumb. And so for that yeah. to be a response, I was just like, like it wasn't a funny joke. Like it 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 was clearly meant as a serviceable joke and it wasn't. And I just didn't like it. I did have I I will say that Carrie did have my best line also. So like I mean, Carrie just also had the most lines. It was just, yeah, like, probability. So when Samantha sees Big, and he, she's like, oh, that guy yes. is, like, the next Donald Trump, but, like, but younger. I loved that line. <laughs> she said, he's the next Donald Trump, but younger and much better looking. And I loved that, because that's a dunk on Donald Trump from 24 years ago. I mean, Samantha's like, he's not good. Donald Trump is not good looking. Samantha said it in 1998. There we go. There we go. I don't think that was a secret. I think everybody just knew that. But my best line was, I mean, ironically, also about now politics, because Donald Trump is now politics. But my, my best line was Carrie's response when Samantha struts over to Mr. Big. And Carrie says, Samantha has the kind of self-delusion, a self-deluded confidence that men like that causes men like Ross Perot to run for president. And <laughs> I it usually that. got her what she wanted. Yes, I loved all of that. I knew you would. Mm-hmm. Like, it just. It was just a well-crafted line. It was a, a topical dig at a public figure because it was two years after the 96 election mm-hmm. where Ross Perot ran for president. Mm-hmm. So it was like top of mind. It was a good joke. People would know like, and like, yeah, self-deluded co- confidence is like, I mean, insert Donald Trump there now, self-deluded right. confidence that causes men like Donald Trump to run for president, which that had a different um, yes, outcome. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just thought it was a very well crafted line and perfectly it was it was like a good bit of narration yeah. that I really enjoyed. I really what liked her opening narration when she says, Welcome to the age of uninnocence. No one has breakfast at Tiffany's and no one has affairs to remember. Instead we have breakfast at, at seven AM and affairs we try to forget as quickly as possible. <laughs> I just thought that was clever. It was clever, and it sets up it is. a lot. So It, it does. It's I mean, good. it sets up the series very, very mm-hmm. well. What's well, interesting, actually, now pivoting to, we're talking a lot about Carrie's narration, pivoting to and Just Like That, at least in the pilot, there's no There none. wasn't any. Or there was I mean, a they, little 
bit no 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 there's none there's none and I mean maybe that's because she doesn't do the column anymore true let's get into and just like that shall we deep breath Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay first right off the bat that outfit was atrocious (laughs) and why'd she have two bags she had two bags and one of them was made out of chains sorry i don't know this is not this podcast but i was was like she turned around and i was like "Mm -mm, no I was going to say, right off the bat, we started with a COVID reference, and I was not here for that. Also, I was like, why are we, like, and they kept reminding also, us of COVID the entire yes, they episode. Did. And she says, and this was like, probably my worst line, let's just say right off the bat, she's oh. like, remember when we were, when we legally had to stand six, pe- six feet apart from each other? And I, in my head, I went, legally? What? I know, me too. <laughs> Everything that's happened, and is still <laughs> happening, has been a suggestion has been a please please just do this yeah you know if you if you just walked in there without your mask or you just happened to stand four feet away from someone instead of six like what was going to happen you're going to be booked no (laughs) you're not going to serve time no okay so that was your your worst line right off the bat you had your worst line i mean there were just there are so many freaking many that I just had to go with that one where I was just like, no, don't say that. Just, no. This show has was, like, escapism. And, like, I don't want to keep being reminded that, like... I mean, I like that they're addressing... I mean, and that was a critique of the show when it was first... Like, it didn't address real issues. But I also, like, don't want to keep being reminded of the last two years when we were, like, locked inside and couldn't be doing it. Like, couldn't be all of this. Like, I just don't want to hear about it all the time. Right, and I think you've hit on something that really bothered me about the show, too, and that is that what people, I'm sure, were expecting and are looking for from a a reboot, probably not the right word, but the new chapter, the continuation, the next chapter of this franchise and these characters is escapism, and I got none of that. This show is all about taking the real world and shoving it in my face. In a Which, very, like, a... in about the same level of ag- aggressiveness as the fucking pilot did with their <laughs> gender gender stereotype bullshit. It was like, yeah, there had to be a way to do this without, like, really just forcing it down me. And I don't get that way about a lot of shows. You you see a lot of people out there being like, "Don't shove this issue in my face," and I'm like, "They're not. It's just that that that's just the character is this, or it this is like a real thing that happens." Yes, and that's what like that's what my issue was. It, like because I love that they're trying to be more diverse. I love that like I mean that was a huge problem. With, I mean they had their gay characters, but it was so heteronormative. Right. Um, it was very white. Like mm-hmm. they should. They should be addressing things that are issues of race, issues of sexuality. Like, they absolutely should be. I think the way that it felt to me in this episode, especially, like, with the whole Miranda storyline, it just felt so... Forced. Forced. Yes. It didn't like how it fit in the show, because right. it didn't seem to fit. No. And lo- then you introduce her drinking problem also. So it's just, like, a lot of heavy all introduced at once. And, like, and then we kill Mr. Big. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm, like, a big, big fan. 
I'm not like obsessed no. with Mr. Big. I I Team Burger. Yeah, well, and I even liked what's his name? Aiden. No, Mikhail Baryshnikov. Yeah. I can't remember his name now. So I'm not gonna get into. Or I'm not going to say that I'm like, oh, you know, Carrie and Big Forever. I thought they were super cute in this episode. I don't have, yeah. like, major problems with Big. I think he's a... I think that Chris Noth has put a lot of character to the character over the years, and I, I, I mean, enjoy him. I mean, and taking out the Chris Noth out of it. <laughs> and then taking out the Chris yeah. Noth of it all. But... I, that happened, and I was like, I don't feel the need to watch any more of this show. I no, really me don't. Either. I was like, I was like, well, I, mean, that's, I knew it happened okay. too. I knew it did too. And I, and even if you, I didn't know that it happened because of Twitter, I would have guessed yeah. that it was coming because it was very, very, I don't even want to say the word foreshadowed. Again, it was something else. It was shoved in my face from about halfway through the episode. Like something's yeah. going to happen. And I'm like, well, Big and I have these plans. <sighs> and Yeah. Okay. Speaking of the freaking piano recital, I hated Charlotte in this episode. Yeah. Like hated yeah. Charlotte, which is like so hard for me because I was like, oh, I'm like Charlotte. And then like to see how that character didn't change or if right. she did went the other direction became more and like, harry's mm-hmm. so cool yeah harry like i love harry he's mm-hmm. great and like the way she treated her daughter oh, i was just when she I was mean, forcing the tomboyish girl to put the yeah. oscar de la renta dress on i was like you suck let her wear yeah, what like, she get wants to know your, it's like get to know your kid like i hated that so much my worst line actually comes from the podcast about masturbation. And you're right. Like, Carrie was a, like, they even call it out. It was like, you were the OG. Like, yeah. you talked about sex all the time. And then Miranda's like, well, that's not you. And it's like, the hell it wasn't. Like, I mean, maybe she didn't text, talk about her sex life as much. She at least wouldn't have, like, I did not expect her to be giggly and caught off guard and shut down. Like, right. about any topic having to do with, with sex. sex. And I just thought that was kind of like, I know. Yeah, it doesn't follow from the character in the Sex and the City pilot. We didn't need that conflict. Like, I didn't think no. we needed that conflict in an episode where her husband fucking dies in a Peloton okay, class. So, <laughs> like, so here's where we get to my worst line because I, so I, I had like, I was just like going to like stand up, like die on my hill if I'm not watching this pilot. And a friend of mine was like, you should at least watch the pilot. She's like, it's, she's like, there, she's like, there's one scene that I just like couldn't stand. And I was like, well, I know what happens. She was like, uh, you know, the big thing that happens, but like, she's like, you'll the know big the scene thing. that I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> she's, um, and she's like, you'll know the scene that I'm talking about. Like, I just couldn't stand it. And I'm watching this and I text her because it gets to the line. I'm like, the fuck? I did not need to hear that or see that. <laughs> Carrie says to Big later that night when they are at home, he, she says, masturbate for me. Yeah. I want to see you. And I like, sp- like <laughs> screamed. I was so mad. I was like, this line is so terrible. It's just like, A, nobody talks like that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't talk like that. But also, I did yeah, not need to watch that. It was not sexy. It was not enjoyable on any, like... Also, like, how have they been married, been married for, for 20 exactly. years and never had a conversation about this? Masturbation? Like, 
I just, uh. It was so, no, it was awkward, but it gave me my favorite line. From, really? from Big himself, he ends up kind of abandoning the whole thing and trying to include her, and he, like, kind of hugs her and stuff, and he says, now that's some Bridgerton shit right there. <laughs> and I just loved that. I think that's when it was. I think that's when it was. He kind of yeah. grabs her and is like, oh, Carrie, Carrie, I need you so bad, or something, and he's kind of teasing her. God, I hated all And of that. he says, that's some Bridgerton shit there, and I thought that was funny. I thought, I, I giggled that Mr. Big has watched Bridgerton. <laughs> I mean, it was the pandemic. They probably there watched you go. everything. Yep. Um, my best line was actually very early in the episode, and it was a Miranda line. And it's actually like a series of lines. Again, it has a setup. My favorite line has a setup. So it is a line, but a setup. She's like, She's like, I stepped on. No, uh, used I hated this Brady's whole conversation. No, Ew. I hated it all. I was, I mean, I you have sons. <laughs> I was barefoot at the time. Okay, now. Ew. And then this is where my favorite part comes in. Anyone want to croak, split the croak, madame? I will. Did you hear what I said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Are we getting fries with that? I stepped on. This is my favorite line. I stepped on my son's semen before coffee. We are definitely getting fries with that. I think that, like, of course. Like, I loved that line. I thought it was. We are definitely getting fries with that. And I am sorry I had to put you through that again. One of my favorite lines was, does anyone want to split the croak, madame? Because that's where my brain is I mean, at right now. I am a humongous croak madame fan if it's on the menu if it's on the menu and it's before 4 p.m guess what i'm ordering the croak madame (laughs) with fries that's or whatever potato side is available well and then i hated and so she said croak madame and i was like Mm -hmm. i i need one of those i mean you are this that's I was going to say, yeah. that's me most of the time. I was going to say, you are growing a human, but yeah. I was going to say, I really just think I, about that I would that have liked that, though, like, pregnant or not, because, yeah, like I exactly. said, croak madame, that's my jam. That's my game. I'm here for the sandwiches covered in bechamel wearing hats of eggs. There you go. That's what, I'm, there you go. That's what I do. I that's just didn't like Miranda in this episode. Just did not. Like, every time she opened her mouth, I'm like, oh, you're bothering me. <laughs> that's the way I felt about Charlotte. I mean, and the whole, like, Samantha. Yeah, Charlotte was oh, I hated the way that I hated the way they dealt with Samantha. It was so, like, like so forced. It was just, I think that's my thing with this episode, is it all just felt forced. Yes. Yep. That was exactly, that's exactly the word that I was just, like, this it didn't sit right. It did, nothing hit. Nothing landed. I mean, like, just a few scenes here and there with Carrie and Big, mostly, where I was like, oh, or, or when they were all together at the piano concert, like, yes, yeah, Charlotte was being yeah. annoying, but, like, when they were all together, I was like, okay, this feels more natural. Mm-hmm. This feels like the same dynamics that we had. And then, and then they killed Big, and I was like, okay. Well, now I'm done. So, like, the touchstone of this series that, like, made this pilot even work. Not to say that the only reason I would watch is because of their relationship. That's not true at all. But, like, that's the big continuing thing through all of it for that character. The big continuing And I thing. don't really feel <laughs> like... I'm sorry. I, I want to see Carrie 
deal with that. No, I I didn't want to. I mean, I was intrigued. Like, I I don't know. I really thought, okay, maybe I'll watch this after this episode. And even knowing, you know, beforehand that he was going to die. But then when he actually died, I was like, no, I just, I don't want this to happen to Carrie. I don't want to see Carrie deal with this. Yeah. Well, because I don't like her friends. Yeah, I, I because her friends it. are like, terrible. Because <laughs> I don't want to, like, and that's the thing. is like, I, it, there was some comfort, as you said, like, in seeing them all together at the piano recital, there was some comfort in, like, the, oh, our friends are back together. Yeah. Like, I like, I like being with these characters. Like, I know people who are, like, don't tell me anything negative about this because I will not hear it. Like, I love where these women are at. I love all of this. And I'm just, like, maybe, I mean, maybe I would feel that way if I watched a few more episodes. Like, I just was like, I, I'm not, I'm don't like how Charlotte developed. Right. I don't love how Miranda's developing either. And it's just like, I thought Carrie was fine. Like, honestly, yeah. I thought, thought, aside from the masturbation. I think they were really, again, we go back to like the forced thing though. And mm-hmm. like, I almost wrote down and I, apparently I didn't write it down, but like, she was, they took her like snarky sarcasm, like interjections a little too far I think in this episode and I was like I don't remember her being like this basically blatantly rude to her friends to this degree Mm -hmm. in the original series like yeah she she had her little one-liners and her little quips and stuff like that but like some of this some like in that whole we were talking about like in that whole conversation Maybe not necessarily in the condom conversation, but then, like, during the rest of that meal, there were a couple things that she said, like, where I was just like, that was rude. That was, like, why did you, why did you say that? (laughs) Keep it to yourself, girl. These are your friends. Like, you don't, it's not your job to say something sarcastic after every single thing that is said in this conversation. Yeah, exactly. It it just went too far. I think we can have some of it and not have it be after every single thing that Charlotte or Miranda says, which is kind of where it got to in some of their scenes. Um, I did also like at the piano recital where, not Stanford, but the husband, he has a sourdough company, a sourdough delivery company, and they're talking and he's saying something and she's like, you're just, he's like, says something, I have better things to do then deal with that bitch or something he's talking about Stanford because they've had a fight and she's like you're literally looking at hot guys and he says hot fellas bread is not yeah. going to find hot fellas to deliver the bread on its own <laughs> so I just loved that I'm like oh, okay he's found a way to incorporate yeah. scanning Instagram for hot dudes yeah. into his business good for him there you go I mean it's a great business model yeah well Clearly, we have a lot of, yes, clearly we have a lot of, lot of thoughts on, a lot of feedback for this episode. Shall we move to a, a show where we probably have very little feedback? When, when Sex and the City, and Just Like That premiered, a friend mm-hmm. of mine went viral on TikTok mm-hmm. with a comparison to the ages of the Golden Girls. Because they are similar ages, and that is astonishing to most people. It really Because they is. treated the Golden Girls as so old. old. And Even, I looked it up after you mentioned this, I, like just this morning I looked it up. Blanche was supposed to be 47. Yeah, that's not old. 47. 
Yeah, exactly. And she's and already, so- like, living in a retirement <laughs> village. I know. Like, and it's just, like, they treat them as so old, and it's not, like, I always thought they were in their 60s, which still isn't that yeah, old. Yeah, me too. But I, yeah. Well, and, and, like, it would make more sense with Sophia. Anyway, it's just, like, all, they treat them as so, I mean, Sophia is old, but, like, the others, yes. they treat as old. And it's just mm-hmm. so interesting. So we watched, um, for comparison, because we're like, let's choose, like, a sexier Golden Girls episode. So we chose, which of which there are many with Blanche. Um, <laughs> every, we chose every Golden every, Girls every episode, Golden Girls is, episode sexy. is sexy with Blanche. And Blanche um, is around. <laughs> yeah. Um, we watched episode or season two, episode two, Ladies of the Evening, where Blanche wins tickets to go see Mr. Burt Reynolds. It's always Mr. Mr. And is going to take her two best friends, Dorothy and Rose, because she only got three tickets and that meant Sophia got left out. Well, they have to go to... They, they have to leave their house for a few days and stay at a hotel because... They have termites. Because of termites. And And the flooring. Blanche chooses the hotel. And um, (laughs) it wasn't quite the, on Miami Beach, and it wasn't quite the hotel that she thought it was. I think this episode is so funny. I mean, I think, you know, it's definitely, obviously, in like a late 80s lens. It deals with sex workers. um, And I think like, you know, obviously sex work is work. And I think that it is very much dealt with in a late 80s way of dealing with sex work and it is very like made to be a joke and it shouldn't be and yet I think there's some really right. good moments in this in this episode yes I I wasn't really quite sure like yes it could have been more sex positive it mm-hmm. definitely deals you know the the girls the characters themselves have mostly Blanche which is sort of ironic. <laughs> um, but I, I guess I feel like there wasn't so much derogatory behavior towards the sex work or That's the true. sex workers themselves that I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. That's true. Blanche, just in her sort of... She's just... she's just Her um, own personal, anyway. I'm better than everyone... Exactly. ...attitude calls them trash like twice which she does to dorothy on a regular basis so right (laughs) so dorothy seemed kind of like neutral about the whole thing i don't really remember her saying anything and rose kind of had more of like a pitying attitude because she's so wholesome so it was just like it made rose uncomfortable because that's not part of rose's like experience in life and mm-hmm. and Dorothy just really didn't I, I don't think Dorothy cared at all like it, she didn't really seem to por- portray like any sort of opinion one way or the other other than she didn't want to be in jail with the rest of them because she needed to go see Burt Reynolds. Reynolds yeah so it was more of just an inconvenience that there was that this was going on around her period yes <laughs> Um, I do love the exchange when they're in the hotel lobby and the men come over to them and they're like having this whole exchange where the men clearly think they're sex workers and they 
think the men are flirting with them. Um, and yes, it's just that like was they so are, funny. It's I as we've talked about before. I think we talked about this with my cousin Vinny. I love any like yes. we're talking around each other. Two different things. That whole Dorothy's a great teacher. Like yes, I, I really enjoyed that. I bet you know a lot of Johns. <laughs> yeah, I bet you. <laughs> and, and Dorothy and. Blanche look at each other they're like I don't know it must be some sort of regional humor <laughs> yeah exactly and, and, then, and then he says something about and uh, then Rose I even I didn't get that one later yeah <laughs> that whole exchange is very funny leading up to that I think actually is like may, probably not my best line but one of my favorite lines in this too maybe it is my best line I don't know there are so many good lines I have too many they're just I, we're just gonna go through just, like everything I thought was funny I know I don't have a worst line and I, I have, do I do have a worst line you I'll just say that that's mine um <laughs> whatever you say <laughs> because I, I, did, say. I was not writing down I should have watched it again and I think I probably would have found one but I was just like cracking up nonstop for 20 minutes and yeah. I'm just writing down what I thought was hilarious yeah one of my favorite lines is like when they're when they sit down Blanche goes see that man over there he's undressing me with his eyes and then Rose goes do you want to move to another table no he's no, not he's done not yet halfway done yet <laughs> so good it's, it's so good here's a Blanche line we're kind of on like a presidential thing. Yes, I know where you're going with here. Blanche, yeah, I wrote this one down too. So she tells this whole story about how she's slept with the president and she means the president of some like local chamber, chamber of commerce. Chamber of commerce. But Oh, that presidential Dorothy goes, Blanche, you and Nixon? And she's like, no, not Nixon. I can't even picture Nixon naked. I think he must look like one of those dress-up dolls. Just mounds of plastic to indicate where everything ought to be. Such a great line. <laughs> so, so good. Plus, she, like, is la She's, like, trying not to laugh. Yeah. B. Arthur keeps a straight face. I mean, B. Arthur. But she's, she's laughs at the end. She is like, you could tell she is picturing President Nixon. Oh, gross. As gross, gross, a gross. Ken doll. Oh, gross. <laughs> it's really bad. I um, also love Rose's, I mean, Betty White oh. is just. Ro Rose had multiple. Yeah. She had, I mean, Multiple she had monologues. The butter, yeah, the, the butter, butter queen. queen is so good. <laughs> and like how, like they're like you're embarrassing yourself, and then but all of their like cellmates are like want to know the end of the story. Yeah. So the jail monologue. Oh, I've never been in jail. I won't make it. They always prey on the weak and innocent. The others will taunt me for trying to excel at my work in the laundry. <laughs> I'll fall in with a bad crowd whose leader looks like Ethel Merman. And I'll be forced to engineer a daring prison break using my laundry cart. From that time on, I won't know a moment's peace. I'll scar my fingerprints with battery acid, and I'll run from town to town taking jobs that people have who've got bad grades in school. And then one day they'll find me, holed up in a, in a little shack in the Louisiana bayou, and a sheriff named Bull will call my name out over a megaphone, and when I make a run for it, he'll riddle my body with bullets. Oh, please don't let them take me downtown. I want to live. I want to live. It's like that escalated quickly. Like, it's so It was a funny. Trish. It was a Trish level. It was a Trish. Was like, a trish. she just... 
that escalated quickly. Her imagination went sky high, and the the other two don't say anything. They just sit there listening to her. The thing about the show, and there's there's not a ton of Sophia in this episode, but when she's on, she's on. Oh, but the Sophia, like, the... Every Sophia, Sophia like just comes in at the end and is just like knockout punch, knockout punch, knockout yeah. punch. Throughout the episode, does. they keep early in the episode, they keep saying um, that she'll get over you know, it. They feel slightly bad about the fact that she can't come, and Dorothy will say, "Well, she'll get over it, and if she doesn't, who cares? Who cares? I'm going to see go. Burt Reynolds." So she comes in to bail them out. Ma, thank God you're here. Arrested for prostitution. I can't believe him, Sophia. (laughs) Sophia, we're innocent. I know that. I can't believe these dumb cops would think anyone would pay money to sleep with you. (laughs) Sophia, did you come to bail us out? No, Rose. She's dropping off a manicotti with a file in it. Oh, girls, we're going to get to see Mr. Burt Reynolds. After all, I thought these beautiful tickets were all going to go to waste. <laughs> so, uh, which one of you isn't going? <laughs> well, I'm the one who won the tickets. Yeah, but my mom's the one who's bailing us out. I lost Butter Queen. Haven't I suffered enough? <laughs> we'll, we'll draw straws. No. We'll flip a coin. No. Sophia, we had this all settled. Now try and be understanding. Understanding, I came down here to bail you out, and you're still not letting me go? Ma, will you stop complaining and get us out of here? Where are your roommates, Mrs. Petrillo? They're not here. Ma! Don't ma me, you cheap floozy. (laughs) Ma, ma, you would do this to your own flesh and blood. You get over it, Dorothy. And if you don't, who cares? I'm on my way to see Bright Red Eyes. Great Estelle Getty moment. What is so good about the show and so smart with the comedy is they use rule of threes so well, like because it came up twice before into the third time. It's just like even funnier because you've heard it already, even though it's like not a new line, you've heard it and it's still it's like funny because they've set it up to be that way. I also loved this and I thought you probably loved this as well, but there's about to be after one of the times that Blanche regrettably calls the actual prostitutes trash. There's going to be a fight between one of them and Blanche. And Blanche is just like, oh, no, 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 I don't do that. And, And Dorothy steps in and makes up this whole story about how she was in a men's prison. And Rose is like, wow, that was amazing. How did you do that? And she's like, I work in the public school system. It's not that different than this. I was just going to say that. I like that was what I was going to do. And I think if I had to choose the best line, if I had to, that was one of my That favorites. was it. I was just so, I mean, I think between the like, it was, to me, it was between the like cadence of the who cares, I'm going to go see Burt Reynolds and that line, because it was just, yeah. I mean, relatable. This episode does not let up for mm. one second. It no, is, it, even in the beginning when they're talking about the termites, I, I was know. cackling. It is it is just clever 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 from start to finish no breaks like 
it, well, it's like, perfect. It's with so the termite good. guy. He's using such big language to basically <laughs> be like, "I'm going to crawl under your house and check for termites." But it, that's what makes it so funny is because it's so unexpected. Like I'm, I'm taking improv now, and one of the things we talk about all the time is like, what makes comedy comedy is like it's inevitable, but also surprising. So you, ha- it's inevitable yeah. that you have this guy. The, the termite guy looking for termites and cockroaches and things. Exterminator, that's the word. Um, but then mm-hmm. it's surprising how he's talking about them because he's Oh, so... and he uses the Latin word and she says, <laughs> did you hear that? The emperor of Greece lives in our floorboards. And then Blanche comes in and he's like, bad news, you have termites. And she goes, well, can you get rid of him? And he's like, have you read our logo? No, and what is it? she's like, no. And he goes, we get we rid, get of, rid termites. of termites. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, I think, okay, so actually, like, where, where my first, where my worst line comes in is in that exchange, actually. So, Dor- Rose asks the question, oh, like, how can she, he live with himself, he kills things all day, and oh, then yeah. Dorothy responds, oh, Rose, I don't think a guy who drives around with a fiber- fiberglass termite on the top of his van ponders many deep questions, and I took issue with that line because you have this guy who's like very intelligent like a like a rude but also like that's not what we just saw set up with the character it didn't fit to me i didn't like that right his vocabulary and his level of social intelligence with them yeah and his demeanor very much shows that he's like not just a guy who cares about a fiberglass term. Getting like, paid it, or just like, yeah, he, he seemed like, you know, a quirky, intelligent dude with depth, given that we see him on screen for like three minutes. Exactly. And, and so yeah, that, so she, instead of judging line. the man who was right, who had this whole conversation with her, she judged him by his profession. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I, and Dorothy should be smarter than that. She is. I mean, but like, like Miranda... Dorothy's a little judgmental, and she has a little bit of I'm better than everybody else. Yes. A lot of bit of I'm better than everybody else. So mm-hmm. there is that. I mean, it's it's funny because, like, you can map some of these characters onto the Sex and the City ones a little bit, but, like, not, not really. I think – I actually think – it's funny, having watched them both now, like, this is such a sitcom that your characters aren't hugely dimensional because like right. that's the point of they're not supposed to be they're supposed to like you lean into their tropes you you mine right, that right, right. for the joke and that's the way that when this was made the sitcoms were created and like i mean that pays off in the end when burt reynolds actually does show up and yes. man, that shout out to the burt reynolds cameo which i was as soon as he showed up i was like oh i do i remember this i didn't yeah. really remember like how we got to well, this and but i was bu- like as she's telling the stories, I was like, okay, this feels vaguely familiar. Because, and I would have been like little. We mm-hmm. used to watch this show. The first time I saw this show, or a majority of the episodes, would have been like Nick at Night when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Or they would do like marathons of oldies during the summer, and we would usually watch them when I was like, you right. know, eight, nine, ten years old. We would just leave Nickelodeon on and watch. Golden Girls and Welcome Back, Nick Cotter, at Night, and summer, all of that summer block parties. <laughs> and I do remember kind of being like, "Who's that? Who is Burt Reynolds?" Exactly. Like when he showed up, and my mom was like, "Well, he's the voice of Charlie and All Dogs Go to Heaven." Like that was my reference point for Burt Reynolds when I was when I first saw Golden Girls. I mean, <laughs> tracks it tracks. 
and I uh, to this day I really haven't seen like a ton of no Burt Reynolds. No, me neither. Like yeah. I know who he is. I mean, obviously. I've seen Deliverance. Unfortunately, I, <laughs> I mean, like I wish I hadn't seen it. <laughs> Nothing against the film itself. Like it's a very well made film. Obviously people understand this i'm not like talking trash on deliverance i just don't want that in my head yeah i haven't seen it and i don't plan <laughs> on it which is fine for me yeah it, it'll make driving around the east coast in heavily forested areas yeah no i'll, I'll pass a I'll little pass. creepy for you i'll pass thanks <laughs> um, i don't do creepy um, but going back to this episode, so Burt Reynolds comes in and like they play on the stereotypes of the characters with Blanche here because mm-hmm. he leans over and goes, which one is the slut? And all three go, I oh, am. I am. And it's such a good button. Of <laughs> I the, loved it. I it's loved such it. a good button of the, of the, of the, ser- of the episode. It is, it is so classic Golden Girls. We talk a lot about watching this show as a kid. Uh huh. Or at least the first time, right? Yeah. There's no way I knew half of what was going on no. because let's talk about this. If we're talking about Sex in the City and what Sex in the City meant, Golden Girls is very sex positive. Very sex positive. They it's make the- so many sex jokes. There are innuendos out the butt. Blanche is just <laughs> walking sex positivity, like. Yes. I, and I obviously In a never would have known that that was what was going on when I was no. a kid. I don't even know what I found entertaining about this show when I was a kid. Maybe I didn't, and it was just on. And there was a laugh track, so it was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm laughing at. But, like, and that doesn't get talked about as much as when you look at, you know, when we talk about Sex in the City, where people are like, oh, it's so nice to see, you know, and they were saying like middle-aged women. Well, we're talking about late 30s. And in Samantha's, I think Samantha was a little bit older than them. In so 40s, in Samantha's but... case, middle-aged. But like Golden Girls really, it surprises me how ahead of the time, ahead of their time they were in having all-female lead ensemble. And really talking about older, oh, there's so much, there's so much middle-aged and older women having, having sex. and talking about sex. I mean, and it's not just Blanche either. I mean, Rose. They have storylines with Rose about about like sex. There's the guy who had a heart attack. I mean, both like that was a storyline yeah. with Rose. Like her husband had a heart attack while they were having sex. All of the characters are incredibly sex positive, and it's funny because we talk about like how groundbreaking Sex in the City was for that purpose. But, like, Golden Girls very much... I mean, it's a lot of innuendo. Yeah. It's not as blatant. Yeah. But it's, there's a lot that is blatant, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not on HBO. So they had to be a little bit more creative. But it we is, We couldn't like, show it. We couldn't use certain language. Right. But right. But you, you know it's... definitely like, do the exact same topic. Absolutely. And, and like, they did. <laughs> and it's so... Like, there are so many episodes. People talk... I mean... People talk about Golden Girls being groundbreaking all the time, just about what yeah, the topics yeah, yeah. they cover. They address, you know, they address AIDS, which is right when the AIDS epidemic was going on. They address homosexuality and acceptance. They they deal with so many things. They talk about death. And it is so, like, it is so groundbreaking for when it yeah. was on. And, like, it it's still beloved because it was just a good show. 
it is just, and like, it's interesting to like, I feel better. I mean, again, we didn't watch the pilot and I think I would have different, different views on the pilot. Like I had an easier time going back and watching this, which is older than I did going back and watching Sex and the City. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I will more readily go, like, I never think like, oh, I'm going to put on an episode of Sex and the City. When I always think, oh, I'm just going to put on an episode of Golden Girls. Yeah. Sometimes I do, and then it's one of those things that, like, okay, I I watch, I rewatch stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I very rarely can, like, easily commit to, like, I'm going to start a new show. Sex and the City has been on my radar over the, like, during the course of the pandemic of, like, oh, I'll rewatch this. Mm-hmm. And I, and... Like I said, yeah, I just don't, I think I watch one or two, and then I'm like, no, no. So I was kind of excited. I was like, all right, we'll start from the beginning and see if that, like, inspires me to actually rewatch this. No, no, no. No. Yeah, exactly. I have, as I said, I have the whole pink book, and I'm like, I just, I'm going to leave it in its place of it, like, I have very nostalgic memories about it, I have some great times with friends um, with it, and that's where it's going to stay for me, and I'm okay with that. Golden Girls, You know what I would choose? You know what I did rewatch, and I would choose to rewatch over Sex and the City any day of the week? Mm. Desperate Housewives. Ooh, Yes. Yes. I, I don't want to, I don't want to like analyze it. I don't know if I ever want to do it on this show. I just, I, and I don't want to like pick it apart or defend it or anything. I just want to say two thumbs up, Desperate Housewives. That was a I'm, good one. I'm, I'm into it. I agree. Anyway. <laughs> so. So we had, we clearly had thoughts go. on. A lot to say about. And Golden Girls. Anyway, you can follow us on Instagram at bestlineworstline, and we have a website, bestlineworstline.com, right? Mm-hmm. Ha, yep. I got it right. Um, and you could listen to us. Um, if you like our episode, you can listen to more episodes wherever you get your podcast. So Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Google. Google. Man. And please subscribe, rate and review. My phone just came on. I was like, what? What do you want? Because <laughs> I said Google. And it's like, yes, what, what? What? What do you need? Uh, yeah, I have a Google phone. Okay, everybody drag me. <laughs> people people love them. People are very passionate about their Google phones. But yes, you can find us on any of those platforms. Please rate and review, and we'll see you next time.